Thanks again to everyone supporting us on the podcast through Patreon. Patreon allows our listeners an opportunity to contribute to the podcast and allow us to bring you great guests and content each week. Thank you to all of our patrons and a special shout out to Jonathan Lambert for being our largest donor. You too can become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash mentors, the number four M-I-L. This podcast is sponsored by Uncana, trusted natural solutions. Uncana is a leading voice of advocacy for CBD in the veteran LEO and federal communities. Veteran owned and operated, the Uncana team is actively fighting for DOD access to CBD with political pressure, community support, and a simple message. Hashtag OpNatural. Uncana is vertically integrated with industry leaders from seed to sell, supplying premium small batch products to America's best. Use code mentors the number four MIL at checkout at uncana.com to receive your amazing discount. Read the Mentors for Military disclaimer at mentorsformilitary.com slash disclaimer. Mentors for Military Podcast. So in this podcast episode, I'm joined by Paul Martinez, and we have a very special guest. His name is Jason Valdeo, and Jason comes to us as a active duty Navy officer. And so he wrote a book, and Jason, maybe you can share with us the name of that book, because we're going to hit right on the topic of unlocking your why, which goes along with your title. Yes, sir. So the title of my book is Exceptional Everyday an empowering process to unlock your why and transform your life. What I was um, mentioning be- to Paul before we got on the uh, the episode is that far too often, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, people just don't really think about their why until that critical moment, until they are graduating college, if they're getting out of the military, if they're in a dead-end job and they're trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And it seems like they don't really get into what their introspective look and, and who they are and everything else until that critical moment. And personally, I think that's too late. I think they should always be thinking about their why so they can better be better at home or better in the workplace or whatever the case may be. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. That's really where the fundamental aspect of when I put this book together, where I was coming from was the life experiences I had had throughout my 19 years in the Navy so far, the years that led up to me being in the Navy and going to college And I kept thinking about that every step we take on this journey really gets us to that why that we want to ultimately be living. So for instance, I'm a great case in point. I always wanted to be a physician. I was nine years old when I recall wanting to do that because I found that as a way I could really help people. And and that was my way of thinking I could help people. Little did I realize I went to school, studied pre-medical biology in college, and then joined the Navy while I was still in college and went on this different route, flew airplanes, taught at a major university. And then 10 years after starting that journey, I finally had the chance to go to medical school. And now I'm getting to live out that why that I was actually building up for all those years. So working with people, following different great examples, investing in personal growth. And and I'm definitely someone who believes that it's not just deciding tomorrow what your why is going to be. You've got to really look introspectively at what really drives you. And really the premise of my book is that I want to help people design a life that they desire 
not a life that maybe someone else is dictating for them. Oh, wow. That's a powerful message. And I actually said something like that in the last episode around how, um, you know, I used to tell my staff, if you don't decide what your destiny is going to be, someone will come along and gladly do it for you. And I think that's what you just said right there. You know, you've got to figure out who you really are going forward. I think, too, though, isn't it that um, we have to have those periods of ups and downs, maybe, and some wisdom that come along with that for us to really decide what our why is? Because it sounds like, in your case, it wasn't until much later. I would say, for me, I probably had about nine, ten years in the military, in the Army, when I realized what my passion and what my why was at that point. So when do you find that typically most people start you know, knowing the time or um, have enough wisdom or knowledge to be able to start looking introspectively um, to really truly understand it to where they're not looking at chasing the money or chasing somebody else's dream. Yeah. So I think that is a, a great topic. It's one that I work on constantly with people that I'm coaching or with myself in raising my kids and all the military people that I mentor. One aspect I look at is that a lot of people haven't really had that real taste of adversity. And sometimes it's that adversity moment, whether when you're a child, maybe you grow up poor Maybe something happens to you, there's a cancer diagnosis in the family, there's a traumatic accident, and sometimes that's what it takes for someone to realize what their why is. Or like a gentleman that I had lunch with last week who's now in his mid-50s and he's been doing the same insurance-type sales job for about 25 years, and he said to me, he goes, Jason, you're young, even though I don't feel that way sometimes, and you're able to find this life of significance. I want to do that now. I've been burning the midnight oil, trying to make all this money, driving the car that I want, but I don't feel like I'm really being significant in other people's lives. And here's how I think I need to focus on my why now. So for all of us, it may come at a different point. And one thing I wanted to touch on in talking about this was that I do see so many of our military people, soldiers, sailors, Marines, who get so focused on, well, I don't really like this job that I'm doing. You know, They're 20, 21 years old, and they've been in the military for two or three years, and they're already kind of bitter about the experience. Instead of knowing that this is a whole journey thing, it's not getting so caught on what the destination is. I call it destination addiction in my book, and they really miss out on what the journey is all about. And knowing your profile, Robert, and all the things you've done in your life and seeing all those different steps, uh, there's so much we can do. And if we start building on that why and through what I call the process that helps us get there, I think that you're going to ultimately get to that point. And maybe you're 25, maybe you're 55. It doesn't stop until the day we stop breathing. So I think it's just this journey that we have to continue to harness. And I think we'll get more into that as we talk today. It sounds like, too, then, that everybody's going to reach it at a different time cycle, right? For sure. And and that that's exactly how I feel. I looked at my book when I developed this first book on the age of 16, 17, getting ready to get out of high school, going on to college, all the way till 70, 80 years old, where I'm meeting people now, especially as a sports medicine and family medicine physician, 70 is now 50, and 90 is now 70, and people are living longer, they're more active, they're out hiking, cycling, doing all kinds of things, and they really want to find a way to be significant. And with your podcast that it's so touching, especially with our veterans, is we have so many vets who get out, maybe they retire at 20 years, or maybe they're out at five years, and they're stuck. They're not sure what to do because they're so used to like what we talked about before the show about grooming standards and those things. They're so caught in that military way of life that they forget that there's so much more out there for them. Yes, they'll always be a service member from the military, but they've got this whole life ahead of them. 
And they've got to find that point that makes them tick every day where it's something that wakes them up at 3 a.m. because they're just so empowered by it. And that's that's really what I hope we can speak to today so that all your awesome guests can really enjoy this. Actually, Paul, this is something that we were just hitting on, not just for individuals who are off of active duty or those individuals that are civilians that are listening to our show, but this very same thing like you're talking about, Jason, for those that are on active duty. I think it's easy when you're young not to have a specific direction. You just know you want to put some good out into the world and you know you have the strength to bear that hardship. And so you're in the military and your your mission, your why is provided for you. And you're young enough that you can just take for granted that that's right and that that is going to match up to your own aims and your own personal goals and desires. And as you go along, I see a lot of guys get bitter. I know I, myself, I got a little, a little more bitter about the direction I saw the military going or the direction that they were giving me is probably a better way to put it. And I left, I was pretty dissatisfied and it took me many years to let go of that and to figure out what my real purpose was and what, what the core fundamental aspect of military service was for me was I was giving back to my community. I was serving something greater than myself and anytime I wasn't doing that. And so I tried really hard to find a way to do that. And it took a long time. It took hardship. Like you said, living in your truck, you know, or you know, not having any money, all this hardship that you go through. But I found in those moments that my why was sort of distilled and it meant that I had to be, be useful, you know, and I had to let go, like you said, the, the tough guy and the hypervigilance and always being prepared for a fight. And you're worth more than that. And I think that it's really important as a military member to, like you said, you'll always have been a soldier or a, or a Marine or an airman or a seaman or whatever, but there's so much more that you can give and there's so much more for you to do besides that brief amount of time. Even if you do 20 years, you get out of the military, you're a young man. You know, like you said, 70 is the new 50. We've got a lot of time to figure this out and give back. So I think you're right on, man. That's the stuff that I think is empowering. And I like how you said that, uh, Paul, because we do. The, the why is kind of handed out to us. I know when I first joined and I was enlisted for the first year and then I got to go to officer candidate school and really my mission was to learn how to be essentially a glorified co-pilot in an aircraft and learn weapon systems and radars and flying off of aircraft carriers. And really the why is put in my face. And those that can step outside of that and go, wait a minute, yes, we're flying airplanes per se because of what I was doing or jumping out of planes or whatever, or being a sniper. But really all the other things that go into military, it's all about leadership. And it's all about developing your people and mentoring them. And that's really what those roles are. The, the military sets us up for a life of that, a life of service, if you will. But really putting it together and then deciding that, you know, I'm going to do something with this that I'm really passionate about. I'm curious to dive into exactly how someone that you've coached or that you've helped or how your book dives into dissecting the, the, the first steps to getting to that, because as I would see it, it would go back to something, you know, a few guests back, Scott Spooner had said is, what are your beliefs? What is it yeah. first that you believe in? Because if you don't understand what your beliefs are, then you don't know who you are. So you have to start locking in first who you are. And that's kind of that introspective step that we talked about before and figuring out who you are. Well, it goes down to some of those basic principles. So how do you guide somebody through determining what that is? So I think that that was great how you said it. So most of my coaching sessions start off with almost exactly what you said. It's funny because it's been so ingrained in me now for the past three or four years. And even before when I was before I was doing professional coaching and really just doing all my military student, sailor, marine coaching was I always ask people, tell me your values. 
And they look at me sometimes and they're like, what do you mean? Like, and it's funny. I get that answer a lot because they really, maybe they didn't grow up with that. I know that that wasn't something that was talked about in my house. We didn't talk about values. No, they were determined for you. That's why, Jason. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I ask people, I'm like, what are you thinking about? And then I go into this whole thing about what makes you feel great about yourself. And a lot of people can't give me a good answer. So then I, I have this quote in my mind that I always think about. And I, I don't remember who said it, but I said, he who knows his life is not about him but rather about those he serves is indeed heroic. So he who knows his life is not about him, but rather about those he serves is indeed heroic. And that quote has stuck with me for a long time because I kept thinking that's how you become significant. You become significant by helping other people get to where they want to go. And what makes my book a little different than all the other self-help books, if that's what you want to call them that are out there, is I take these real world stories, not just celebrities professional athletes, which I do cover a couple of them that I know personally in my book, but I also talk about everyday people that have been people that have crossed my path and kind of what their process is and how they develop their why. And I have about 20 different people that I talk about in one of my chapters just about that and how they got to go where they wanted to, whether it was because of dedication, discipline, perseverance. Those are just some of the values we touch on or belief in yourself, belief in your family, belief in service to the country. If, if we're talking military, there's so many values and characteristics that make us who we are. But I think that you have to find a way to start putting those together to get to the ultimate prize. And the ultimate prize is that you get to do what you want every day. But the number one thing that you have to realize is success is not based on money. It's not based on the house you live in, the amount of travel you can do. Success is the ability to wake up in the morning and do something for another person and never worry about getting something in return. Wow. And that's how I've lived my life. And as a physician, that's what I get every day. The gratitude I get is that I get a patient who comes into my office or that I see over the internet or that I see in my military clinic that I can actually help them change even one aspect of their life after that first visit. That's something that, um, I mean, throughout my career and, and just in helping as a leader and stuff, I did, obviously, is trying to help other people excel. But I never really thought about it the way you just, you just described until at some point, well, it was about the time frame I decided to start creating this podcast. It, to me, it was a, a turning point in my career and my life that I said, you know what, I've gone and done a lot of different things. What I'd like to do is not only just share that information and knowledge that I've had, but I want to bring on people like you, Jason, that also have experienced similar things in a very different setting, in a very different environment, and have you share those things back. And one of the things, honestly, that helped me along that path that made me come to that realization was a life coach. You know, what they call a life coach. It's really just a coach, an individual who sits back and does a lot of listening and helps guide people the way you're, you're talking about. I think that's one of the things that, you know, and it's a two way street for me. I see a lot of people putting themselves out there as these life coaches. And, and that's great because more and more people are getting into the personal growth realm of wanting to help people. But it's hard because it's also this business that you see some people saying they're a life coach and you're like, well, what are you, what have you done that makes you that? Or you're, you're selling yourself. And you know, 95% of what I do is completely free. It's like people directing people to my website where I have over a hundred different free resources that I want them to download, how to eat right, how to exercise differently, how to develop yourself personally, starting a personal growth plan for yourself, getting into reading books every week and listening to podcasts and those things. And so I think that when you start to develop that and you realize that you can really have an impact on so many more people, that's where the gratitude comes. My gratitude comes from waking up every day around four o'clock, getting my exercise in, focusing on me for that first hour so that I can give out 
the rest of my day. And I, I tell my two daughters all the time, at least once a week at dinner, that the goal for us is not what we take from society, but what we put into it. Because I see so many people taking all the time, and that's not what development is. You're not going to help people. And, and I just I get to see all these students that I've had before, but then also the mentors that have mentored me. And I'm trying to make them proud by mentoring more and more people and, and just trying to make this thing continue. Wow. Well, we kind of have a false sense of reality out there, too, though, don't we? I mean, what, what we believe to be the beliefs, <sighs> the values, who we should be, and those types of things. It's hard to kind yes, of sir. get that, that balance and that right starting point. It is. We, we get so caught up in, in the work that we have to do every day and paying the bills that we kind of lose sight of the things that really do matter. Yeah. I think, I think you touched on a, a really important and fundamental aspect to all of this, though, and that's setting aside time for yourself, setting yeah. aside time to recharge, whether it's in the gym or it's on the beach or it's on a horse or whatever it may be. You, you have to be strong and rested and ready to give your best. And if you're not investing in yourself and you, you can't put out anything good and you can't receive, I think, you know, you mentioned like a lot of people there out there just seeing what they can take from others or, um, you know, it's all about them. And when you're trying to, to resource your, your internal energy and internal strength from external sources, I think that that is, it's not a good long-term strategy. You need to be fueling yourself, recovering yourself and then investing in yourself so that you can put out. I, I think, yeah, that's awesome, awesome that you said that. We don't want to let no, that one get lost in the sauce, uh, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because that is, I mean, when people always ask me like, Hey, so your first chapter, you titled it, it's all about you. And it wasn't a conceited thing or a pretentious thing because for me, I struggled with that. I always struggled with, you know, taking care of myself. Although I feel like I'm probably one of the least burnout people. And I've got a lot of projects going on like you guys where people are like, wait, you're a physician in the military. You're doing all these sports coverage, coaching, personal coaching, doing all these other things that you're trying to develop, writing a book. But I don't feel burnout. And I think the key to that, because so many doctors are getting burnout, so many military people are getting burnout because of deployment cycles coming back and forth. Veterans who have gotten out trying to now balance maybe some PTSD that they struggle with or chronic diseases that they have. And for me, it's really because if I can line up my passion and my work, it doesn't feel like work. And I think that's where, where it works. I mean, I, obviously, I work for the man. I still work for the government. So I'm not doing my own thing. My schedule is still dictated. But I get to decide how to balance the rest of my time. And, and I try to teach people, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to realize right away that you can't manage time, but you can manage your energy. And then you get to decide where that, where that energy goes. You mentioned very early on, Jason, uh, you know, about this being a marathon. And so I'm very curious because in your background, and you've said it multiple times, you pivoted, right? When at different points in your life, whether it was going from high school into the Navy and flying and stuff to becoming a physician um, to now using your life experiences to coach others. And you wrote a book on some of the, what the things that you've discovered throughout your life. But there, I think, what I hear too, and I, I'm, I want you to kind of maybe expand on is that the core of who you are has always remained the same. Yeah. And I think, sir, you know, you covered it. You talked about values and we kind of got into that a little bit. I think that I've kept the values the same. I mean, I look back on my life and, and I think about that all the time. I think about the work ethic that my parents displayed. I mean, they were both immigrants. They both didn't really speak English very well. And they ended up not being married for all that many years. I was in high school and and those things happen. But I, I think the values that matter, dedication to family, dedication to work ethic, those things stuck with me. No matter when I put on the uniform or when I thought about, hey, 
I really don't want to fly anymore. I really want to go back to where my driving passion was to become a physician. And that was a long nine year journey with medical school, residency, fellowship and all those things. And also, yeah. And so getting to do that. And now people laugh. It's like, how many more years do you owe the Navy? And I said, well, since they paid for med school, I owe them quite a few more years. So I'm not getting out anytime soon because people here 19 years like, oh, you can retire next year. Right, right. And there's so much more into it. But you, I think you bringing that up, yes, the value system stays the same. And pivoting on the marathon is a great way. I also talk about it as making points, these points in your life where now you're like, I have to make this other decision. And I teach my girls, you can open up a door and you get to decide if you go through the door or you backpedal or you go right or left. And really what you're creating for yourself is opportunities. You go to school, you get another degree. You go try this job out so you can see if you like it. You decide that, hey, this is what, where I want to live or I want to try this. And these experiences all come together because really, really life is this ultra marathon. It's not going to stop unless you decide that you don't want to put the effort in. And that's really where it comes. You might have a setback. You might get an injury. You might fail at something. You might lose money. You might go bankrupt. There's all kinds of things we could throw out there. And, and I think you've got to make that decision Go back to where you started from. Think about the mm. values that you have. And when we start to lose sight of our values, that's when things go awry. And that's when there's a lot of problems. Yeah, I've even talked about with myself in the past about how I call it my anchor. Maybe And maybe yeah. that's what you're you're referring to it as, is that, that place where I keep myself grounded. Um, I don't lose sight of reality of what's going on. And, and I've been at fault of, of losing that, by the way, and misguided and getting off track and everything else. And so, again, it was that coach that actually helped me bring me back to my core, helped me discover, again, what my passion is, helped me get you know excited in a different path in a different direction which started this whole thing you know called a podcast so for me it was you know about really that core then excited another movement for you it was going from a pilot to what you wanted to do which is a, a is a physician to now taking and parlaying that in a different direction and you just keep building upon it you get excited when things start getting low or you feel like you need a little spark somewhere it sounds like what you do is you go back to the basics you you build upon the passion or the purpose or the why and you just keep you know going further and doing something that keeps you fresh well like you said it's like continuing to relight this candle things that excite you and thinking about those passions. And, and I know, I, I believe deep down that no one wants to just sit around doing nothing. I think all of us have this desire to do something more. And, and maybe we don't see that sometimes because we lose sight of who we are. And that's why it's so important to take care of ourselves. Uh, it's easy to use the excuse card and to do the same thing over and over again and expect things to change. Einstein's favorite or famous quote about that is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And sometimes you just have to stop, count your losses, let them go and take that next step forward. And, and I think that's really what we're trying to get after here. After somebody sits down and evaluates or looks at their, their values and their beliefs and make sure, okay, I know who I am. I know what I kind of believe in now. It may be very different than what it was in my childhood. In trying to help unlock my why, what would you then say is the next step? So I think, you know, what I, what I talk to people about is, so now you've, you've got to figure out that you've got to take care of yourself first. And really what I get into in the book and kind of what I profess even before I was doing the book and really just in the coaching is now you kind of already unlock this part, but thinking about the things that give you meaning and inspiration. So what is it that drives you? And, you know, I, I read Viktor Frankl's book probably once a year, Man's Search for Meaning. 
And really his key concept in that book, after having survived the Nazi concentration camps, was this idea that the only thing that can't be taken away from you is your attitude and how you react to something. And I like to use that with coaching clients, with people that I mentor, in terms of if you think about that concept, your attitude and how you react, you can really be inspired by so many things that you care about. And so I get people to start thinking about, hey, just make a list, a quick list, five to 10 things that really inspire you, whether it's people, whether it's ideas, whether it's, it could be anything, it could be the Great Pyramids, it could be the Statue of Liberty, things that sit in your mind and make a mental picture. And then really how you start building that or getting there is one of the key chapters of my book that people have loved. I actually did a I did a voice, something called Authors Read, which is a podcast where you read a chapter of your own book or an excerpt. Yeah. And I've gotten so much feedback in the past three months about chapter four, which is it talks about who sits at your table and deciding which people are going to be at your daily table. And mm. that's from your family to your extended friends, because those people will truly dictate if you're going to get to go to your wire. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we talk about the five that surround you. We, we, oh, we yeah. usually say the five, but I don't know how many you, is it five? Is that kind of well, what you, you look at or? I use that same thing. So that's the way I use the five is about, if you tell me the five people you're closest to, I don't even have to meet you. I can already know who you are. Oh, mm, and, interesting. And the table concept's a little different because that's actually where you're investing more of your daily time. And so I, I look at fathers and mothers, especially veterans who it may be hard to get back to that because of deployments, because of divorce, because of maybe not seeing your children for a long time. It may be hard to sit down and realize the things that really matter most to you because maybe they're not there on a daily basis and you lose sight of it. And so that's one of the next follow on steps is if those people are involved. I know with me, when I decided to go to medical school in my thirties after 10 years in the Navy already, and I I had this opportunity where I was going to go work in the National Football League as a leadership and development coach. And I was really touched. I was like, this is going to be incredible. And then I, I started sitting there going, wait, we have a six-month-old baby at home, and I have this chance to go to medical school, and the Navy's going to pay for me to go to school. I think this is the next step. I can always go back to the NFL later, and I'll probably be in a, even a better commodity for them because I've got more training, and now I'm a physician, and and the military experience will never hurt me. And so those are the decisions I had to make at the time. And I look 10 years ago now and I go, I think I made the right decision. There's other things that maybe I didn't, but you never know. That's right. That's right. That's, this is so, a game of guesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And, and so after you go through the meeting and, and you understand who you are, what drives you and everything, um, and you look at the people that surround you, what's where are they where is this kind of get leading us where is it that people are then going to put the whole package together and go okay now i get it now i understand what my why is so what are you trying to take them to that where they come out of that and out of the tunnel because i think a lot of people that might be listening and i know a lot of people that are really uh young in age and we talked about this in the very beginning it's hard for them to see that light at the other side. It's hard for them to understand what their purpose and their why is. They're too young to actually know. They're still trying to fill themselves out. And so is it a, it may not be, like you said, even a marathon to figure out your why, but is there a bit of cliff notes? Is there a way that you can kind of get there a little bit sooner or at least something that you can build upon? I do. I, I think that, you know, and I, and I think Paul was about to say something too, so I'll make this one quick so he can jump in because I think he's got <laughs> something great that he wants to share, is that I, I think now the step is, right, so we talk about meaning and inspiration and figuring out those people that are going to be involved in your life that can help you build that, finding how to balance that passion and that work. Because like you said, you might be in this job 30, 40 hours a week, maybe more, and you don't have time to develop your passions or those creative instincts that you have because you've got this other burning desire. So really, 
you start to invest in your personal growth. And that's where it's so hard. I talk to people that I meet on the street and they don't, they've never even heard this concept before, what emotional intelligence is and figuring out the things that matter. And I, I really think the Cliff Notes version, as you said, is to start diving in. And whether that's reading books, whether it's podcasts, whether it's finding a mentor or a coach, you've got to decide that investment that you want to make. You can buy a book. You can go to the library like I do several times a week. And I mean, I'm checking out books. I'm reading two books a week at least. I try to do eight, 10 self-help books a month because that's how I continue to grow. Some people that I know like to listen to podcasts. And over the last couple of months, I've been on this podcast roller coaster. I think this is the eighth or ninth interview in the last couple of weeks. And I feel blessed because I get to learn from everyone that's interviewing me, not just that I'm on here talking about my book, because that's not what it's about. Yeah. For me, I see it as a, a way for me to continue to grow. And, and, the, and then I think as you start to put those things together, those little, what I call educational tidbits, you start to build up your own manual per se. And as you get closer and closer, things, you can start checking things off. You're like, you know what? I'm not motivated by this. I don't need this anymore. Wait, this really inspires me. I met with this person the other day. They really said something to me that stuck with me. And I tell people, carry a journal with you all the time. Write down ideas that come to you. You wake up at two in the morning to go to the bathroom and get a glass of water and an idea is in your head, write it down. And so that's how you continue to grow. And, and then the next morning when you get up, reflect on those things. That's interesting you said that. Um, something that's always stuck with me, somebody a long time ago said, you can learn from people and they have value. And I think she said it to me because I was you know, young and arrogant. But that's the truth. Even if you're, like you said, you're, you're down in a mire and you've got your 80-hour work week and your bills to pay and you think, I don't have time to, to develop myself. Well, there's people all around you that, that I think you can learn from and you can grow from. And like you said, those little tidbits of knowledge, they add up. Something I wanted to talk about is, you know, it always sounds good and you do your best and you're going to find your why and you're going to get on your path. But you mentioned you might you go down a road and it doesn't work out and you go bankrupt or you failed out of that school or you're whatever it was, whatever path you're on, it didn't work out. And now you're, you have to deal with failure and you have to face that hardship. And I was wondering, what are some of the things you do to prepare yourself for that or to pull yourself out of that? Or, or how do you cope with that? What do you gain from that? Yeah, no, I love that you said that. And one of my mentors, John Maxwell, who I became a coach with, he, he wrote a book called Failing Forward. John C. Maxwell? John C. Maxwell, That's yeah. one of my favorite authors. Oh, yeah. I became a certified coach and trainer speaker with him about three years ago. Wow. And love going to his events and getting to talk with John about these concepts. And so it's, it's been pretty, a, a big privilege in my life. And he's written over 70 self-help personal growth books. And I think he really is one of the top guys in the world that is doing amazing things to help people grow and develop and become leaders. And, and so to go to that point, Paul, you know, I think when I think about failing forward, I think back to when I first joined the military and you as a, with your background, you can appreciate this and, and yours as well, Robert, it's, we think about contingency planning. So everything that I go into I, I really I had to get up there when I was going through flight school and you had to always have the mission. Then you had to w have one or two backup plans, basically backup missions or contingencies. And I've been teaching my seven and nine year old this. I said, you're going to fail at so many things. And I literally asked them at least once a week at dinner, like my other question I brought up earlier, what have you failed at this week? Because I want to set them up for life. Life is meant to have us fail. The only way we grow is to fail. One of them was having issues with her little summer math program this morning and she was so frustrated and I said, "L, if if I bought that program for you and you were getting them all right, I wouldn't be happy with my investment. I want it to challenge you. 
I want this to happen. And so the way I look at it is I look at this, this quagmire of, hey, I failed at all these things today. I write them down right away. And I, and I mean that. That's with everything. Even as a physician today, I don't, you know, I would hope not to do surgery on the wrong body part or give the patient the wrong medication that makes them sick. But things do happen. People have genetic predispositions. There's all kind of allergies out there. So if I give someone a medication and they get a rash from it, I feel really bad. But I know that now it's not going to happen again. And I think a great quote that I heard a long time ago, and I remember sitting there and hearing John and Tony Robbins repeat this a couple times as well, the people that really succeed or that can grow from those failures is they don't let the same failure happen twice. So we're, sometimes that happens. We fail at multiple things, but really those, those key points, the things that we can prevent, it shows that we learned from it. We wrote it down. We researched it. We talked to a mentor maybe. We had a coach. And we're like, wait a minute, I don't want this to happen again. This is pretty drastic. You talk to these entrepreneurs that have invested big sums of money to start their companies, and most most of those entrepreneurs have failed two, three, ten times because they had this great idea, but they didn't have the whole idea. And you can even look at the late Steve Jobs and what he did at Apple and those kind of ideas and how it started. And, and really, I think that the key concept I want to leave there is that if you can be accountable for your failure – that's how you're going to grow. If you're going to put your failure off on somebody else that, oh, this happened because this person did this to me, or I, I was late because this airplane didn't get me there on time, or I didn't make enough money like this other person, then you're not taking accountability. And really, the first step of getting past failure is to be accountable for your actions. Listening to this thing, I'm just beginning to wonder, you know, is it that your why is broad enough that it allows you the successes, the failures, and the ability to pivot without losing and having to modify it over and over again? In other words, it's a broad enough concept that you can actually maneuver and do that without having to, I've got to redo my why because my why is not working. No, your why should still be the why. It's just maybe the path that you're currently on is not the best uh, suited or maybe you made a mistake somewhere and you can, like you said, the failures, you can learn from it and pick yourself back up again. But the why is still there, right? It's still like your anchor. It's still your values, your beliefs. For sure. I think, I think that one of the key concepts of such a short word with only three letters, W-H-Y, is this idea that it's so big. It's so much bigger than yourself, it's bigger than your family, it's bigger than your community, because that's really what we're getting after. We're getting after wanting to have a huge impact. And I see significance as being this overriding theme. And we all look at it differently. Whether you have a major company that goes out and tries to provide electricity to the one billion people in the world that don't have electricity, like one of my former students wants to do, and he's, he's on this trajectory, that's his goal. And he's been working his way from being an ROTC student that I used to teach to joining the military, become an officer, and then getting out of the military and going to work at Amgen, a major company, and as an engineer. And he's, he's got this why that's driving him. Or you, you can pick out so many people that are doing it on a global scale, but I think that's what it is. It's global. It's huge. It's, it shouldn't be something that limits you to the confines of your own house, your apartment, where you're just sitting there trying to develop something small. All of us want to do great things. And, and I think that is one way, Robert, to, to keep yourself open-minded. You know, when you say do great things, I think a lot of people take that to mean maybe it's daunting to them and they take it to mean like I have to invent the next iPhone or I have to yeah. invent the next air purifier. But I think maybe maybe being part of something greater than yourself, is, does that sort of fit your definition as well? Yeah, and I'll give you an example of something that happened a couple weeks ago in Minneapolis. I always take my girls to some pretty bad parts, if you will. I want them to see what it's like to 
uh, where people are struggling with homelessness or scarcity of food and going down these different avenues. My wife and I do that in all the major cities we stop in. And we were up in Minneapolis, Minnesota recently. And so uh, we've never been there. And it's a, it's got a pretty large community of homeless people, lots of veterans, lots of non-veterans. And one thing I, I teach them all the time is when you walk by someone who's in a, a condition, uh, if you will, that's less than what you have, and you can look at them in the face and smile, say hello, maybe give them some food that you might have with you or whatever you have that you want to do, that's kind of where I look at doing something great. And I I talk about this in a lot of the mastermind groups that I work with. I talk about how 30 seconds of your time can change somebody's life. And that might be 30 seconds in your own house where you come up with an idea for a major company, if you will, like the iPhone or a product, or it can be as simple as just having an effect on someone, meeting someone you've never met before at a community group or, you know, you stop by a coffee shop and you see someone who's down and, and taking that edge off and really trying to do something. And so great comes in so many fashions. And especially because of this podcast and what you guys are doing, I see great as being as simple as a veteran who's out and not sure what they want to do with their life. And so they're not sure even what direction to go in and you taking time out of your life, because maybe what you've done is considered successful in someone else's eyes and being able to give some of that information to that person who's struggling. And so great comes in many flavors. It comes in big and small. And so um, I, I try not to use that term too loosely uh, just because I think it, it does encompass a lot of things. Yeah. I know as uh, leaders, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do and I've tried to teach others is just to give back, to be able to impart that knowledge, to share with others, to watch them grow and into, you know, the greatest thing I think that some of the leaders that I've worked with or that I know that have talked about is it's not so much the successes that we had. It was the successes and the little things that we imparted or just we didn't even realize we were doing that we got a chance to see others grow um, and, and, you know, have success in their own lives. It wasn't about then patting ourselves on the back and saying, Hey, we had something to do with that necessarily. It was more about just the fact of, you know, that you played some role there. And like it is with this podcast, honestly, if somebody takes one piece of this episode away, one little nugget, if there's one call to action that comes from this, if there's a, a chill that goes down their spine because they heard something that resonates with them and they do something with it, that's it. That That's all exactly. it was about. You know, yes, sir. it's not trying to put your stamp, Jason Valadeo's well, stamp on this. It's really about just trying to give back in some way. And like you said, live a life that's beyond just yourself. Exactly. No, it's, and that's for me, you know, I, I think one of the number one things that I've learned over the years and that I've seen play out is, is this idea of gratitude and that if, if you use gratitude as your secret weapon on this journey of life, everything's going to come your way where you're going to feel pleased. I tell people about doing like a gratitude journal that a lot of people have talked about this, but you know, every night or whether it's in the morning, writing three things down that you're really grateful for. And, and I think when you start to get involved in whatever line of work you do, if it affects other people, it's so easy to be grateful for it because you got to see someone smile. You got to help someone out who might be in a, in a hard spot. Uh, there's so many different ways and, but it is a journey. It continues. And, and I think I like how you said that if they walk away, this has nothing to do with me whatsoever. As I said to my publisher, when I first submitted my manuscript and got picked up by them and, and they've been amazing was that I don't care if I sell a hundred books. I actually said in the meeting, I don't care if I sell one. The idea was to create something that people could take with them and help them restructure their priorities, help them design the life they want. And that's it. 
And uh, I know I'm not going to be a New York Times bestseller. That's not what I was after. Um, I'm an active duty military guy who's already got enough constraints because you can't really talk about everything when you're on active duty. It's just a lot of the rules of publishing. And and I just want to make a difference. And being that the Navy even allowed me to get the manuscript published was a huge first step. It took months to get approval. But I do think that what we're after as a community is just to help people get better. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I want to give you an opportunity to really summarize, you know, what your book's about and what they can take away. Um, you know, what is the biggest thing outside of what, and maybe some of which we talked about here in the podcast, but, you know, what is the big premise here and why is it that somebody should go down and buy Exceptional Every Day, an empowering process to unlock your why and transform your life? So I really think what makes it different And you can look at this many ways. You see books that say the seven secrets of this or the 10 things of this or the 17 laws of this. What's different is we've lost track, especially in a society that's so built on instant gratification, having iPhones, having tablets, having computers at our service. We don't know what it's like to turn our phones off anymore, to turn off the computer. I know my girls were so excited like this weekend, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, I completely never turned on my phone. And it was, and I felt great. And I do that every night when I go to bed because that's one of the things I preach is that you've got to find this way to unlock. That when you unplug yourself and you plug yourself back in, it's like resetting a switch when something doesn't work. It usually starts working again. So you unplug yourself and you just, you be in your own mind, kind of like Paul talked about earlier, but focusing on you. And, and really, if I could get people to really buy into what my concept, it's the priorities of life that we lose track of. We get so caught up in our work we get so caught up in maybe what our friends are doing. We get so caught up in what Instagram shows, how many likes we have, how many thumbs up, how someone took a picture of themselves and they filtered it so it looks perfect and <laughs> I don't look perfect. Right. I mean, those things just blow my mind. And so really, I want people to understand that I really put something together that I really think can change your life. You don't read the book through once. I have questions at the end of every chapter that I call questions for reflection and direction because really you're reflecting on who you are and now you're directing to those next steps. It's, make, it's, it's taking a different freeway when the other one's blocked or going down this path when this one you just can't get around. And so um, I really want to help people design that life. And I think it starts with evaluating your priorities. And maybe our priorities are different, but the way I did it was I tried to make those core ones that we all have. We all have the priority of family. We all have the priority of self. We all have some kind of, maybe it's not spirituality, but it's mindfulness. It's knowing who we are and where we want to go. And we all have this ability to come up with our why. There's no excuse that all of us, I mean, I have a daughter with hearing loss and she's had hearing aids since she was a baby and she plays violin and she's playing as if she's in high school already and she's seven. And so that's a motivating factor for me is I didn't push that. I don't put that on her. It's something she wanted to do. And I think it's incredible, but you have, you have people that are blind, people who can't hear. And we all maybe have some kind of different disability, if that's what you want to call it, but we're not limited in becoming who we are and unlocking that potential. And I used to hate that word, guys. I hated the word potential because I thought it got overused. But John Maxwell got me to believe that potential is all about where you can go. It's something that we can all get to a point if we just put ourselves to it. And and it may not be that perfect white picket fence that we're picturing in our minds, but there's so much more that we can do besides where we are right now. And I think a lot of that is about understanding, first off, it's a marathon. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I mean, if you tried to do that and look for that white picket fence and you set a deadline on that, you don't reach it. You may have set an unrealistic goal. Yeah, exactly. So where can they find Exceptional Every Day, an empowering process to unlock your why and transform your life? 
So we got really lucky. So Exceptional Every Day, because it got published by Greenleaf Book Group, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, 800 CEO Read, which is a great site if you're looking for like bulk ordering for companies, for small groups. Uh, you can also get it at wherever fine books are sold. Uh, it's carried right now in over 70 different Barnes & Nobles across the country. There is an ebook, and uh, we're looking to maybe create an audio book here because I've been getting a lot of uh, people that are interested, people, especially podcast folks yeah. who are like, hey, I like to drive and commute. I thought, what a great way to help people who might be blind, people who just might be dyslexic, all kinds of reasons. And so uh, we're looking at developing an audiobook in the next six months or so, but uh, it's really available everywhere. You can also go to my website, which is Jason Valadeo, so J-A-S-O-N-V-A-L-A-D-A-O.com. And I don't direct you there because of the book, like I said. Really, this is my way of getting people to get free resources. I've got free resources from the book. You can listen to me, read an excerpt from the book, and you can also get free PDFs that surround health and wellness, the book itself, exercise, all kinds of things. And I keep uploading new free material there every week. Jason, it's been uh, awesome having you on here. I mean, we covered so much in such a short amount of time frame, and I'm sure that we could probably talk another hour on this episode um, about chapters and things within your book. But it's so critical for people to understand, again, what it is about the why, how you can go about determining that. And everybody should take the time to read the book, to understand how to get there, some of the basic steps and stuff. Because it'll just make them a lot more satisfied, I think, as they go through their careers, they go through their life, whether it's touching upon their family, their friends, their career, whatever the case may be. So, Jason, once again, uh, I want to extend a, you know my appreciation for you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and, of course, your background and uh, your book. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate you, Paul, and all your listeners. <laughs> 